You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Greg, we actually have some news this morning. Yes, we have off-season Patriots news. Let's get it started right now. A trade involving the Raiders and the Patriots. The, the Patriots sent a fifth-round pick to the Raiders for Trent Brown and a seventh-round pick. I believe the seventh-round pick is in 2022, whatever. Both of them are. Both of them are. So you've got a you've got a late pick swap here. Uh, the Patriots have reworked the contract of Trent Brown. It's now going to be a one year deal up to, and that's a key phrase here, up to eleven million dollars. And I saw your reaction in the email, and your reaction to this trade is meh. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, Nick, let me just say my my takes evolving, and I think it's going to need to evolve for every everybody and. First of all, before I get going, if I sound a little choppy or I sound a little bit weird, I am a little bit under the weather, but you know, I'm just that tough, Nick, oh, where look at this you know, guy. Oh, I got to show up. You can't hold down Bedard. He's, he's going to let it rip. I heard Trent Brown was coming back. We know, you know, that guy doesn't, you know, fake injuries or anything like that to take, oh. you know, any time off with the Niners or the Raiders or anything. Oh, man, so. we're 45 seconds in and Bedard <laughs> throwing bombs. So, um, so this is going to be an evolving conversation, okay. Nick, between you and I. But let me let me start here, okay? Yeah, my my initial reaction is, meh, you know, okay, well, where's he playing, number one? How is the money structured? All right, if he's a left tackle, what does that mean about Isaiah Wynn? If that means that he's playing left tackle for Isaiah Wynn, that means the complete 2018 NFL draft was horrendous. I mean, yeah. you know, so – so they spent a first round pick and did they trade up for sorry my wife is uh oh, but Dart's phone's going crazy my wife, wife, this one's just my wife uh, sure. <laughs> so uh so i think they trade did they trade up for win i think they traded may i whatever whatever they ended up with isaiah win in the first round their first first round pick that year right and now what now he's a guard who gets hurt a lot then they dra- drafted sony michelle who is now a backup running back who gets hurt a decent amount of time. And that goes along with all the other not good draft picks they had in that draft. So that's where I start with my questions. Um, what's it mean for Joe Tooney? If, if Trent, if Trent Brown is playing right tackle, you know, okay. Marcus Cannon's gone. Okay. No big deal. But you know what? Justin Herron couldn't play there and you couldn't save a little bit of money. Now we're back into now, Bill's going with veteran guys instead of saving a little bit of money where 
Heron looked like he had. Or you could have gone with Owenu at right ta- uh, right guard and found a left guard to play. So right. there's a lot of different thoughts about that. But I will say this, Nick, and, and why I'm not going to completely rip this trade is because I texted someone that I trust around the team, and I, I, I basically said a lot of these concerns. And he said this to me. Okay, and I'm, I'll read from the text. Wait to judge. So that tells me that there are a lot of other balls in the air right now. Yeah. And that could mean, and it could mean a whole bunch of different things, but let's just speculate for a second, Nick. It could mean the Patriots tag Joe Tooney to trade him. Maybe they take Isaiah Wynn, Joe Tooney, Marcus Cannon, I don't know, whoever, Sony Michelle, you know, a bunch of different players say they're part of a trade for, say, a Jimmy Garoppolo or another quarterback or, you know, but, but basically Trent Brown, basically what I'm trying to say is, Nick, Trent Brown very well could be here as a move, a preemptive move for a bigger move where they're going to lose offensive linemen. And now Trent Brown is going to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. So, I, you know, it kills me, Nick, that I can't come out strong way or the, one way or the other on this. But I will say, I think if I'm a Patriots fan, and look, this is not to go all Zolak and Bertrand, because I was just listening to them. And of course, the Patriots do anything, and they think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. And they <laughs> think that it's going to lead to, you know, they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson or something like that. Like, th- that's not what you get here, Okay. Um, even though I, I love those guys and I respect the heck out of those guys. Let's just say Zolak gets a little overexcited about a lot of things in terms of Patriots moves and free agency and things like that, uh, trade deadline stuff. Um, so something could be coming. And if, if this is if this is part of that, then I'm okay with it, uh, largely. But I still have a lot of questions about what this says about the team, why they needed to do this what kind of money they lit on fire last year for no reason, what have you. But, but that's where I am right now off the bat. Okay. So as far as last year, the Tooney thing, I'm going to put that to the side as far as what could happen in the future down the road. This could be the first of many moves. I'm going to put that to the side and I'm going to look at this deal in a vacuum considering what I know right now. And considering what I know right now, I actually like this deal. I don't know if I would sit there and say, oh, this is the greatest move of all time. But I like the deal for a number of reasons. First of all, he didn't give up a lot. You know, a fifth round pick next year. No question. Which really is a sixth round pick this year, right? The way that whole thing works. It's like if you if you trade a pick for next season in that round, it's like the, however they figure out the value. But a fifth round pick next year for a seventh round pick next year in Brown, so the value, you weren't killing yourself over that. The, the contract to me is interesting. And again, the up to $11 million is what's key here. You, we all know that Brown, you mentioned this a little bit spicy earlier about Brown <laughs> maybe fight, faking some injuries and this and that. So if these are tied to 16 games, I love it. Because what yep. you're going to get, it's a one-year deal. Brown's contract will be up once this season is over. He's still a young guy. So he's going to be a highly motivated, theoretically. We don't know if he's going to sit there and poop his pants. But theoretically, he's going to be highly motivated to play all 16 games or 17 games if they move to 17 like it looks like they're going to. He's going to be motivated to play the season. 
He's going to be motivated to play as good as he can to get another contract, another bite at the apple. So the value, I think, is right. Secondly, it gives you flexibility in the fact that you just mentioned two or three different things the Patriots can do. I think that's a good thing. They can move Anwanu back to his natural position at guard if they want to. They can move Win to guard. And yes, we can sit there and we can deliberate and crap all over the 2018 draft if we want. But I don't think Belichick cares about that anymore. This isn't about 2018. This is about the best offensive line I can put together in 2021. So it allows you the flexibility to move on when you back to guard. It allows you the flexibility to move win. It allows you the flexibility if win gets hurt again, that you can move Brown to the left side instead of trying to move somebody else who's a natural guard. So I like the flexibility and the depth that this presents. It also opens up the door for you to release Cannon and maybe create $7 million of space and bring somebody else in. Maybe that's what the text is about to you. Maybe this is about creating more cap space to bring somebody in. I also think this means that David Andrews is back, which I like. I think he should be back. I think he's one of the leaders of this team. And overall, you know, when you look at the financial impact of this move, Greg, really what you're doing is you're saying to yourself, we're going to pay Trent Brown and David Andrews roughly what we were going to pay David Tooney. Uh, and so, and Joe Tooney, rather. So when you look when, at- when were, the, when were they going to pay Tooney that? Well, well, what I'm saying is when you're looking at what Tooney would cost you, if this is, if this is Andrews versus Tooney, if you can get Andrews and Brown for roughly the price on the base, again, because we don't know, this could be a $5 million base deal for Trent Brown and game incentives bring it up to $11 million. So you could arguably, on the base, get Andrews and Brown for the price of Tooney. And for me, that's a win. I love Tooney, but that's a win. And if you're telling me that this offensive line on you know day one is Isaiah Wynn at left tackle, Anwanu at left guard, Andrews at center, Mason at right guard, and Trent Brown at right tackle, if that's what you're telling me the offensive line is, if that O-line is healthy, I think you could argue that's a top five offensive line in football if they're all healthy. So yeah. in, a, in a vacuum, I like the deal. Okay. I mean, that, those are all fair points. And, you know, they, they certainly, uh, they're certainly factual. I mean, look, what, the point you made about the, the Tooney money and Andrews and Brown is legitimate. I, I just don't subscribe to it because I don't think, in reality, there's no way that the Patriots were ever going to pay $18 million for Joe Tooney. So I don't, I just, that, that, that's what my comment was about that. I don't really view it as a comparison because I don't think that was actually in reality, but you know, who knows it could have been and who knows they could still tag him as part of, they could tag and trade him to somewhere. Um, And I was just looking at the 49ers. Uh, They have Trent Williams back. They have, is that Lakin Tomlinson at left guard? Yes. Uh, they need a center. Um, they need a right guard. And McGlinchey um, is fine at right tackle. So they, they could use a couple offensive linemen. I'm just trying to think if this is part of a larger deal for, say, Jimmy Garoppolo or something right. like that. Um, so a couple of things on, well, let's just go back to Trent Brown and, and, sort of the things I I have a lot of questions about this deal and some of those questions. Number one, um, I hope that, I hope you're right. I hope that their contract is structured per game because I do not have a lot of faith in Trent Brown, the professional football player. And 
he might have been fine here. That's great. But you cannot erase that he quit on the 49ers and he quit on the Raiders. That just that happened. So they better get per game uh, bonuses in there. And that's where a bulk of his money comes from because I don't trust this guy at let all. Ask, let, let me ask you a question. Um, and this is, uh, I, I don't know the answer to this. Could you believe that maybe, you know, San Francisco and the Raiders approached Trent Brown, not in a way that he was response, re- responsive to? You know what I mean? Is it possible to say that it takes a certain coach, and it doesn't mean that Belichick's the only coach that could get through to Brown, but is there an argument that, yeah, he's only worked really in one place, and he's only really played up to his potential in one place, Maybe there's something to be said about that, that New England, Belichick, they know how to get to this guy. And again, with the motivation of the money in the one-year deal, maybe that's how you push him. I mean, that's, that's possible, Nick. But, I mean, look, the fact of the matter is, and, I, and look, yes, it worked here. And you can say what you want about the coaches here and whatnot. But, like, okay, w- one place, 49ers, that's one thing, and I and I'm not even sure who their offensive line coach is, but two places, yeah, like you know, within like three years of each other, like no, there's a there's a problem there, and and you know, so what? The Patriots make it work. That's great. They made it work for one year. They and keep this in mind, it worked for Trent Brown here because he saw the apple of free agency or the carrot of free agency coming, where he's going to get paid, sort of like um, Jermaine Illuminor did this year and people will say well he'll be a free agent next year ain't nobody paying this guy after he just quit on two of the last three teams that he was on ain't no chance like you know he let me ask you this question then what's the downside i'm I'm getting i'm let me get let 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 me get my concerns out and then we could talk about the downside and things like that so number one i'm just my point is his money better be tied into per game roster bonuses. Right. Cause I don't trust this guy. Number two, has anybody informed Trent Brown that Dante Skarnecki is no longer the offensive line coach here because the guy posted a picture on Instagram of him with Skarnecki. Like that was the offensive line coach when he was here. There were, yeah. those guys are not here anymore. Right. And I just want to point out that Googe, the first year after Skarnecki retired and Googe was the offensive line coach here, they won a Super Bowl. Then Googe was fired the next year. So there's usually a little bit of lag time where the Skarnecki effect sort of comes down. But, you know, yes, it worked for him the last time he was here, but Skarnecki was the offensive line coach, and we have two different guys now. Um, so I wanted to make that point. Uh, the other point I wanted to make is um, – yeah, it, it, I, I just wanted to talk about, like, where he plays. I mean, he could play left tackle, um, as we talked about, and that would probably – I mean, I don't know. I guess that would put win to left guard and you put uh, Owenu at right tackle. That's the way I see it in my mind. Um, okay. But then again, you could have a left side of the line of Trent Brown and Owenu and – that would be one of the most physically imposing left sides of the line in the league. Yes. In my opinion, it is part of the reason why when I was listening to um, Zolak and Bertrand real quick before taping this, you know, they're talking about how like this move tells them that, that Cam Newton's not going to be the quarterback next year. And my reaction was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause to me, this sounds like they're developing their running game. Like Trent Brown is it is a good pass. He's a, 
he's a decent pass rusher, but he is a hell of a run blocker. I mean, that's what he does. He gets downhill. He imposes his will. It's a, he is part of a, and if you put Trent Brown, Owenu, Shaq Mason, what have you, that is a power running team. And to me, that says Cam Newton, you know, so at least it doesn't eliminate Cam Newton. Um, So, you know, that's sort of where I am on Trent Brown. The downside, you said, what's the downside? It's the money. I want to know what the money is. If it's $11 million and you're trusting this guy who's been a turd in the last two places that he's been outside of New England to be a good person and to play for a coach, for positional coaches that he's never coached, played for, then, yeah, I have concerns. But, again, I want to go back to my general point, which is, I'm not ready to say one way or the other on this because I think this is a precursor to other moves. You know, Wynn could be traded with he's got a fifth-year option coming up. That could appeal to somebody. Uh, Tooney could be tagged and traded. Mason could be traded. And and Tooney could be tagged and signed here. And Mason could be part of a deal. So I think if my source is correct, and he usually does not text cryptically like that unless it means something uh i'm ready to to to, to wait on this deal a bit but i'm a little pessimistic well, especially just... and, and last one one last thing sorry nick sure. it's just it, it's just all right the great aggressive offseason of bill belichick is an offensive lineman i mean that's how it starts it's just, <laughs> just funny to me that that's what and look, I love offensive linemen. Hopefully, it makes the offensive line great, and it's part of this, you know, whole fabric of moves that they make. And this is just the first sort of, you know, appetizer to what's to come. But it's just typical that you know they they have all this money, they they they're going to be aggressive, and they spend eleven million dollars on Trent Brown, who might be a right tackle, who you could probably find a right tackle um, elsewhere. So I just I just find that. I feel like you're a little bit extra salty today because you're a little under the weather. Uh, I, I look <laughs> at this again, you know, to, we, we got to wait on the incentives. I am intrigued by your guy's text. I wonder what the domino effect is going to be as far as starting the off season with an offensive lineman. Let's look at who's realistically available. And, you know, right now it's not like there's this great offensive player that we know that is available to make a move. So you start with the inside out, you start to address things that you can address. It's rather obvious that Belichick feels like there's some movement here on the offensive line. If he's not bringing Tooney back, you have to replace him somehow. So again, I think it makes sense whether it's win or it's Anwanu who gets moved to the guard position. It makes some sense to me. And as far as the money, I mean, frankly, Marcus cannon hasn't been the same guy the last two years we've seen him play. He just sat out last season. I would not be surprised if he's gone, if he's just cut straight up. So if you're telling me that Trent Brown is going to make about $5 million on the base versus $7 million or so for Cannon, I just really don't see the big deal about it. I think it's a good move. I think it's a reasonable move. And they didn't have to pay a ton. Uh, the 2018 draft, you already commented on that. You think it was a terrible draft. And it, it's By the tough. way, can we just go through it real quick? Sure. Yeah. If – Say Win is indeed kicked inside to guard, and they've given up on him as a franchise left tackle. So this is, and we already we already knew that the 2017 draft, outside of Dietrich Wise, which is just four players, and it was terrible. And Wise will probably be gone this year. 
The 2018 draft was Isaiah Wynn, Sony Michelle, Duke Dawson, Juwan Bentley, Christian Sam, Braxton Berrios, Danny Etling, Keon Crossan, and Ryan Izzo. Woo! <laughs> that is bad, man. But I mean, I will give credit that at least Barrios is in the league and he can contribute. That's and, true. You know, I'll, I'll say that much about that draft. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's not great. And it goes along yeah. with a lot of the most recent drafts that we've seen. I do think last year could end up being a good draft for them. But we know the last four or five years, Belichick hasn't been very good at drafting, you know, talent, especially on the offensive side of the football. So I, I will say this one last thought on what happened with the Trent Brown trade. I do think this means that the team's going to be very active and whether or not you get worked up about the offensive line move or not. I think this does tell us that they're going to be active and they're willing to spend money and that they have their eye on trying to improve, not just in the spots that we think, but across the board. So I, I think we need to be patient with this off season for the next couple of weeks to see how all of this falls together. Fair. I don't hate the deal. I actually like it. I think it makes the Patriots better right now than they were last season with the depth. If they move on Wanu to the place where Tooney was at left guard, I don't think you lose a ton if you move on Wanu there. And again, I think you could argue that Brown could be an upgrade over Cannon as long as he's focused and he's healthy, which are, as you framed, they are legitimate questions. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I-, I was looking around on Twitter and man, oh man, Greg Bedard, uh, you kind of set the football world on fire. A lot of promotion for this for this little old podcast, the Greg Seriously. Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Although I will say people, you know, it's all oh, Greg Bedard on his podcast. No love for me. That's fine. Yeah, what, what's up with that? It's okay. I'm in the shadows. Catman. They made, a, they made a lot. They made a lot about your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo the last time you and I were together. Just your thoughts on the reaction across. Again, pro football talk. Many other places talked about this. Your reaction to your plan A, Jimmy Garoppolo take from last week and, and how it erupted a little bit. And I actually, breaking news, I just heard from uh, one of my buddies down in Florida that uh, apparently our audio was played on the Dan Patrick show this morning also. Well, so, look at that, huh? <laughs> the, the little podcast that could. That's it. Chugga, 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 Climbing so, up that yeah, so uh, I have a few thoughts. Um, number one, can we just say, um, and he didn't respond to me, which is just typical. Um, but uh, I'm 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 getting pretty sick and tired of Mike Florio and uh, the way that he treats certain people. Because if you if you go back and you look at the the last couple times, um, my reporting has been referenced on pro football talk whether it was the easter bee or this or what have you uh, you know what he does he first of all he's an aggregator like yep. he, he makes he makes money off of repurposing other people's work that's what he does and and look quite frankly you know i will also say mike mike has his own original reporting and that's actually how he became more known was he was sort of like a rumor mill a lot of agents talked to him and like he did great stuff with that but ever since he became more corporate and you know, he has less of his own original reporting and he relies on more his interpretation of other people's work. You know, so he's an aggregator because he aggregates other people's work. He he doesn't link to my work. He didn't link to our podcast. He yep. didn't link to BSJ. He linked to NBC Sports Bay Area's aggregation of our story. So an <laughs> aggregator aggregated another aggregator 
<laughs> refusing to give didn't say it just said greg bedard it didn't say greg bedard patriots podcast with nick cattles or greg bedard of boston sports journal um you know they they you know he he does this and it's just that that's just wrong it's just like and he's people, just petty i just want to jump in for a second because some people might be a little lost about you know jumping in the weeds of journalism greg's point is when you reference somebody else's work you not only reference that person and what they said, but you reference where you got it from because you are getting content from Greg Bedard's Patriots podcast. They can include me or not. I couldn't care less. I was joking around, mm -hmm. but, but that's where you're getting it. So that's why, Greg, this isn't, you know, a little tit for tat thing. This is about professionalism. And, and yes. when, you get, when you get content from somebody else, you credit that person. You mm -hmm. credit that somebody else. Okay, that's, the le that, that's the least that you can do. It's yep. like, if you're going to make money off of my content, my work, the yep. least you can do is give me proper context and point people in the direction like, hey, if you like this, maybe you want to go subscribe to Boston Sports Journal. Instead, he goes out of his way not to do that, which is just, it's just wrong. And like, I know why he does it because I was on, after I got laid off for Sports Illustrated, I was on, and I think it's when I was starting up BSJ and I talked about the subscriber model. Um. I had pointed comments about, and Peter King agreed with me, even though he now works at the same place now, and he <laughs> wouldn't dare say anything. He wouldn't be allowed to say anything about that. Funny but, how that yeah, but I made critical comments, basically calling Florian on his bullshit, which is like, these guys are putting good journalists out of work because they're trying to make clicks off them. And they're like, oh, well, I linked to your story. Well, then no, that doesn't help. Like that doesn't help, you know, reward the original reporting. But anyways, so there's that. And then there's the, the big thing is, is Nick is just sometimes you hit like a dead spot in NFL news. And like up until today with the Trent Brown trade and really not many people outside of New England are really going to care about this yeah. trade, but between, I don't know, for the last week, I don't know when the last big move was made. Probably uh, was it, you know, St who was this Stafford, a uh, golf, maybe golf. Um, it was Wentz. And then after Wentz, yeah, Wentz, quiet. yep. Wentz was the last sort of thing. And then there you're waiting for the end of the franchise tag uh, period, which is today. Yep. And that's interesting because maybe that's the timing of the Trent Brown thing, but we'll have to see. Um, and then, you know, free agency doesn't start until Monday with the tampering period. So there's yep. a dead period. And so people just overreact. There was a void in the news. We stepped up with our reporting and, you know, they just, it, it, it's overblown. You know, we all know that, um, but we appreciate the publicity. We do. We, we love the publicity. We'll take all the promotion that we can get if it's done correctly, Mike Florio. Correct. We'll, we'll enjoy that. Uh, and you're right. I mean, I, I think if, if you said this today on the heels of Dak Prescott getting that contract, right. it's not getting talked about. But, hey, mm -hmm. that's, we, we hit the timing. Speaking of timing. Quarterback timing is starting to get a little bit complicated for the Patriots, Greg. What do you mean? Well, that's what you actually had on your, down as your note. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was just reading the text. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, sorry about that. I was a little under the weather. It's fine. Yeah. And, and I'm getting texts like left and right from people. My wife, you know, John Corrales is asking about his Celtic story and they like stuff like that. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. So yeah, you know, I wrote a column about it that like, and who knows, maybe this is, I, I do think now that I think about it, the timing of today's the franchise tag deadline, they made a move 
to get Trent Brown, that tells me that maybe something is coming. Maybe they are going to tag and trade Tooney, uh, something along those lines. But in terms of the quarterback, it's either, you know, and we've talked about it before, you know, the, the jets are really holding everything up. Um, they're at number two, you know, they're going to straddle the line, you know, to amp up their leverage. Like, do we want Sam Darnold? We're great with Sam Darnold. You know, we're not going to take a quarterback here, you know, and, and uh, you know, somebody can come and trade up and, and things like that. And if they do that and that's April, like that's not any good for the Patriots. If the, if the 49ers really want Sam Darnold and the Jets are going to play this game with, are we going to hold on to the number two pick? Are we going to draft Zach Wilson? Like, what's the deal? If they're, if they're going to go on with that until like late April, that's going to stall the 49ers and it's going to stall the Patriots in terms of Sam Darnold and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yep. And so if you're the Patriots, the, there was some debate because Mike Reese brought this up this weekend and we've sort of talked about it a little bit is do you try to, you know, make a better offer pre, you know, try to get the 49ers to basically get off the pot, you know, and, I just don't know if that can happen. You know, maybe it can, because the problem is, is like, say you do say to San Francisco, all right, we're going to give you the two for Jimmy that you gave us. And to make this go, we're going to give you a fifth this year, a conditional fifth or whatever to, to, okay. So San Francisco say, they say, okay, we're going to trade you Garoppolo now. Now their leverage is all gone. Like if it comes to trading with the jets, now that now the jets can hold them over a barrel and be like, <laughs> You know, you got to give us four first round picks because yeah. you don't have a quarterback right now. Have anybody? Yep. Yeah. And so that stuff is going on. I just think that it could behoove the Patriots just to, you know, basically start on plan B and C that aren't cost prohibitive, cost prohibitive, and leave room for Jimmy Garoppolo down the line if he does shake free. So that means like a Gardner Minshew or a veteran free agent whatever that might be, you know, if they trade for Gardner Minshew who makes 850,000 this year, 900 something next year, they could do that for, you know, probably a late round pick right now or a fifth or a fourth, whatever. And now you have a starter in case the worst case scenario happens for San Francisco 49ers. Don't find another quarterback. They don't get one in the draft. They go with Jimmy Garoppolo again. Now you're not caught waiting. And so that's what I mean in terms of the timing is working against the Patriots, but who knows? Maybe they have the, maybe they have the deal for Garoppolo lined up right now. And this Trent Brown deal is part of it. And maybe they have other deals. As you mentioned, you yep. know, maybe, maybe Tooney goes to Philadelphia for Zach Ertz in a pick Ertz is on the block. We've heard a lot of things about maybe he gets traded over the next day or two, you know, so maybe the Patriots trade win to the Eagles for Zach Ertz in a late round. And, and now you have your offensive line pretty much set and you have your number one tight end. And now you make the next move, which could be received, you know, so th these, every move we've got to remember, as I mentioned earlier on this podcast, we have to be patient, which is very tough. It gets tougher in 2021. You know, we, we've got to be very patient. And, you know, this is, you and I have talked about this for the last several weeks, couple of months. This is a puzzle and Belichick is putting together the puzzle. And Belichick obviously has a head start on all of us. He knows what he's trying to do. He knows the timing that he has to come up with to make all those things happen. And so the Trent Brown move can lead to another move, which could lead to another move. That, that's how these things work. Yep. And we know that 
the Patriots have a lot of work to do. So he's, he's addressing multiple needs at different times and he's got to put this puzzle together. So patience is a virtue. I don't have a lot of it in my personal life. Uh, I was hoping that <laughs> you had some of it, Greg, but I don't think that you do. So we'll just have to judge these deals on a, in a vacuum. And then I think this is going to be one of those off seasons where every couple of weeks, it's a good idea to pull yourself out of the vortex and say, what has happened so far? What needs to happen? And what are the options? I think that's a good idea for all Patriots fans out there. The Trent yeah. Brown made, let's see if this leads to something else. Free agency happens. Then at the end of next week, as you're sitting there watching the NCAA tournament, drinking beer like I'm going to be doing, pull yourself out of it for a few minutes and say, okay, well, what's the next move? The BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day. Uh, check us out over at BSJ, 11 cents a day annual plan. Not only do you get top-notch analysis of all the Boston pro sports, but if you're a patch junkie, which you are, a membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis Bedard does on the coach's film and direct access to him in weekly chats. Uh, we got two questions. Let's start with the general BSJ it's, members comment. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're sort of sandwiched together. All right. So we've got a number of uh, people apparently asking Greg Bedard, Greg, why not Mitchell Trubisky? Yeah. And this, this goes to along with JF, P-T-H-W-N-D-1-0 <laughs> was complaining in the comments section about like, Greg's take committed to Minshew. That's why he's not mentioning Mitch Trubisky. So I wanted to, I wanted to combine these, these things. And I love you, JFP, but PhD. there were a couple things I want to say on this. First of all, Nick, real quick, yep. breaking news. We need like a little sounder. Um, Chris Godwin is being tagged by the Bucks, So that's one wide receiver off the market, which we thought was going to happen, but I thought I'd say that. Um, number one, uh, why not miss Trubisky? And uh, related to, you know, am I take committed? Um, I have not mentioned Mr. Trubisky because I have asked about Mr. Trubisky and not one person around the Patriots has mentioned Mr. Trubisky to me <laughs> or said anything positive about him. If I thought, and look, I'm not going to just, maybe they, maybe it's a smoke campaign. Maybe they yeah. think he's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread and they're keeping it off the radar and not telling me totally possible. Smoke screen, smoke screen. And, but my inclination from reporting around this team is, you know, I'm talking to people that I trust. They would give me a heads up if they were interested. I don't think there's any interest. Plus what's Chicago going to do? Chicago's probably going to bring them back some way. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I just think Mitch is going to be back there one way or the other. And the other thing I just wanted to say real quick on, you know, don't come over to BSJ and use tired cliches like anything from Barstool or that you hear on Felger and Maz or anything like take committed because it is, it's a lazy comment. And what it's telling me is that you're, you're, uh, you know, just afraid to concede that somebody might have a different opinion than yours. It's a way to dismiss somebody's opinion to say oh well you're take committed no it's my opinion it's my opinion that josh allen is not elite it's my opinion that tom brady did not walk on water and teach the tampa bay buccaneers how to play football this year that is my opinion it's i'm not take committed that's my opinion and until i'm proven otherwise i'm not going to change it and just i'm not take committed on guard Minshew. i don't give a crap who the patriots get a quarterback like it could be mr bisky i don't care but I'm telling you what I'm going with my reporting. Maybe it's wrong. Could be wrong. It's been wrong before. Nobody's perfect. But I am giving you my expertise, the, the, the sources that I talk to that have 
been highly accurate over the years. Um, I'm just giving you my opinion. It's, it has nothing to do with being take committed or, you know, being owned or take the L or anything like that. Like, let's just be mature adults and have a rational discussion and say, Greg, I disagree with your take. I don't know why you are, are so infatuated with Gardner Minshew. I think you should look at Mr. Trubisky. Why haven't you written about him? That is a legitimate question and a legitimate comment. To say Bedard's take committed on Gardner Minshew is not a legitimate comment. I'm sorry, and now I'm off my soapbox. I enjoyed it. I enjoy Thank salt, you. Greg. Uh, you know, I think uh, the take the L thing, I actually started that, I believe, in, in Boston radio. When oh, I told, yeah. I told Adam Jones a few years ago to take the L when he would not, when he was just blatantly wrong on something and he kept fighting the good fight. And I, that's what I told him, just take the, take the L at some point. Uh, it's so all, that's, that's become almost as bad as when Felger said the other day, Bedard, be better than that. Be better. No, be better, be be better, better. causes me to lose my crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, and but, if you tweet you me that. That's why they do it. So you're feeding well, into the trap. Well, I don't care. I mean, like, nobody needs to tell Fair me enough. to be better. I'm trying to be my best. That's what I wrote. And if you come at me and you're serious and, you know, I could take a joke and like people were like, hashtag be better. You know, that's funny. But if you seriously come at me and, and don't like something that I say on Twitter or on my or something that I write and you say, be better, Bedard, you're getting blocked. Like instantly you're getting blocked. Like that is no way to treat somebody else. So I will say this. You know, there's a general misunderstanding between people that listen and read versus the people that write and talk. And, and here's the, here's the dis, you know, here's the disconnect between those two sides. You know, it is our job to try to provide content, come up with different ideas, come up mm -hmm. with different opinions. That's how we get paid. That's how we make a living. If you are somebody who is not in the media business, and I appreciate and respect all of you who listen to this podcast and who have listened to me at 98.5 and EEI and ESPN, all, all these other places, you know, I, I appreciate you because you're the reason why I have a job. But you have to hopefully understand that for us in the media, we, we just can't say, all right, we like this guy and, you know, stick with that as being the opinion for the next three months. Right. There is an off season. We have to come up. Like I, I saw people busting Jeff Howe's balls, you know, a couple like a month or two ago, like, oh, we're already at this point. And I thought Jeff had a perfect response to it. And I think he does a great job on Twitter responding to some people. I, I really do. I appreciate and respect the hell out of Jeff Howe. And Jeff at one point said, you know, listen, man, I'm just trying to figure this out like everybody else. So when we talk about the Patriots quarterback position, the truth is none of us have been in this area for this position in a long time. And last offseason, we tried to figure out what they were going to do. And it's our job to try to figure out how the Patriots are going to address their biggest question. And one of the ways that we do that is taking an educated guess, whether it's from Intel or information you get like Greg does from his sources and share that with the people. And instead of the take committed and all of that, I would just wish that some people that consume this stuff and you can do what you want, you know, you are who you are, but I would just wish that, you know, the people that immediately go to the take committed stuff, absorb the opinion, take it for what it's worth, enjoy it and then move on if you disagree with it then you disagree with it who cares we all have opinions they're like everybody else you know they're like buttholes everybody's got them everybody else thinks the other one stinks 
that's just the way it is, right? So, you know, I just, that's why we try to provide the content. And, you know, hey, if, if you don't like Greg writing about Gardner Minshew, guess what? You have the freedom to not click on the story and wait until Greg writes about another quarterback and then click on that story and enjoy it and take it for what it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm just optimistic. I'm, I'm on schedule to get my first vaccine shot today. So I'm in a pretty Woo! good yeah, I'm in a pretty good mood. Greg is a little under the weather. He's a little salty. I think we talked a lot about a lot in this podcast, and hopefully people enjoy it. I mean, we've got Florio versus Bedard Beef, which I love. We've got Bedard versus some of the readers at BSJ, some beef with them. I love that. We gave you our takes on the trade. We gave you our takes on Jimmy G. We were on the Dan Patrick Show. We talked show. buttholes. We talked buttholes and how they stink. <laughs> We are we are going worldwide with this puppy. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Be good, be safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you next time.